Welcome to the SCOM podcast. This is our security and compliance podcast created by Quarter Cloud. I'm Kelly and I work at the marketing department. And I'm Phil from the technical team. And we're going to take you through all our technology in a really interesting way. Phil Talk Technical, where I keep it lighthearted with a selection of exciting guest speakers. Let's delve in. Today we're talking a lot about that kind of automated side um, of the penetration testing. And I think that is absolutely key. Now, obviously, when people are currently doing um, pen tests, some, some people don't do it. Some people are just doing it once a year. And really what happens in businesses is there's so many changes that are coming in. Different systems are getting put in at different times through the year. So that snapshot that you, that you think everything's okay suddenly isn't, and you don't really know until the next year. So it's a bit like an MOT in a car. You know, It's really only good for that time when you've actually driven it out of the garage. So I think what we've been doing with Pentera is really kind of working with the customers and sort of showing them how they can do that more regular testing, making sure that they're covering the right areas as well. Um, and I think with a lot of the customers as well, we've it's really about that skill set as well, making sure that they know how to remediate and how to make sure that they can make those lasting changes to the network. And, and I think that's a clear distinction to make between Pentera and perhaps a vulnerability scanner, which is just looking at patches because... This isn't just looking at patches because at the end of the day, Patch Tuesday comes out and you're never, ever going to find that every single patch is done. You know what I mean? So this is making lasting changes that are going to really secure, you know, people's environments. And, you know, as, as Kelly mentions, the customers that we're working with, you know, they've got a lot of sensitive data. You know, we work across many different sectors, but the data is all sensitive and they want something that's going to kind of say, and again, we can expand on this a bit as we go through. But look, if an attacker gets into my network through a phishing attack, which, you know, it's another podcast we're doing. But, you know, if an attacker gets into our network through, through a different route, how do we stop them escalating, having that lateral movement and actually being able to stop them causing some pain on our IT network? So can I ask a question then? You talked about traditional, traditionally organisations will have a, a one once a year manual pen test. They'll most likely use a consultancy to, to support that, that need. Yeah. Where does the, with with deploying something like Pentera, does that negate the need for that manual pen test or does it complement that manual pen test? I think there's a couple of answers on that. It depends what you're trying to do. Um, the, the automated pen testing tool that we use, it runs internally. So we, you'd still have an external test. Um, most A lot of places of our customers have replaced their full pen test with it. Um, some organisations have require certain accreditations to happen, and certain governing bodies like Crest or certain you know accreditations to be of standards. So what they use it for is they still have the tool, but they'll work through it and they'll remediate all the issues so that when they get their formal pen test, which then really is a tip box exercise, they come in, they run the test, everything's great, they pass and they leave. You know, so it's it's, it's very much a preparation thing. So it really reduces the impact. It does that a that a manual pen test can have on a business when they've identified lots of issues. Yeah, another thing with Pentera is obviously there's a couple of new features coming, which I'm sure we're going to cover later on. But there's obviously if you're doing a pen test once a year, you need to make sure that those new features are being tested. You know, like there could be you could have a pen test and a major issue could get released after six months, whereas Pentera is up, updating every two weeks and every quarter you get a major release. You know, I'm sure we're going to cover the fact that they did a lot, a lot of improvements around Active Directory testing. They're now doing a lot of new features around testing for ransomware. Again, it's all evolving. It's making sure that you constantly moving as things are changing and i think from my understanding of it is that you've basically got someone there 24 7 giving you a penetration test where normally you'd only have that done like you said once a year so you're for for when you were using it as a customer you were able to see things every day is that right and you could come in and see a report when you came in of 
where there was weaknesses and problems and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can schedule it to run overnight. So, you know, and again, that's another thing. If you have a pen test, they come in on a specific day. Yeah. Whereas this one, you know, sometimes people's backup jobs or things that are running overnight are a problem. So you can do your test then. And you can also do, as you say, you can schedule it. You can say, right, we, and we, we help the customers basically. We do a bit of a baseline with them and then we, we scan them kind of key areas of their network. And then we yeah. say, right, what do you want your test to look like? And they'll say, right, we're going to do a server VLAN. We're going to do a user one. And we, you can schedule those to run in. Can I ask a question though? So I, I don't know about everyone. Like when you get ready for a test, you do preparation, don't you, to try and pass that test? Good question. Um, if you know someone's coming in to do a penetration tra- a test, do you generally do a bit of prep so that you know that you're okay, um, or is it fair that it is a realistic version of your environment? Because obviously, I think a benefit for Pentera is the fact that. It is doing it all the time, and when people are making mistakes or having a bad day or a little bit tired, um, it can happen, right? So I guess um, there's kind of two levels to it, isn't there? There's the you know the real life and environment, and then there's one that you're probably st- strategically got a little bit ready for because you knew someone was popping in to attack. Really good question, actually, because what what does happen with a lot of traditional scans are they'll say, right, can you give us? one of your Windows machines and one of this machine. And right. then what happens is they're scanning against the gold image. And we all know that... They haven't got marketing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> things change, things get installed. You know, the, a gold image sounds like it is a gold image, but in reality, the advantage of something like Pentera is it's completely clientless and yeah. you and it's scanning everything. You know, it's not going to get pulled down a rabbit hole like, you know, a manual pen test. It's going to literally have a look at absolutely everything that's there. doesn't have a client. And again, that's I think not having a client is absolutely key. And it obviously follows that, you know, the Mitre attack framework maps out exactly how an attacker would attack. And it follows that as it goes through. So it's using exactly the same techniques an attacker would use. So literally, if if Pentera can't get it, you know, your attacker's going to come on, get on your network and not going to be able to do it. The other thing you can do with Pentera, obviously I'm saying it picks up, you know, the patches that are got vulnerabilities against them as a as a key thing it then picks up things on the wire you know stops you being able to sniff passwords stop if there's data that's going unencrypted over the wire it will tell you about that kind of thing but you can do targeted tests say look what happens if i picked up joe's account or kelly's account what could i get to i think i remember rightly when i came when we first started working with you you show i think we did a test on that um and we saw how quickly pentara could access people's passwords and credentials couldn't we and that was quite eye-opening how quickly Mm. pentara could get to it um yeah I mean, it's not unusual for us to have to be an admin in 10 minutes. With a lot yeah, initially. I wasn't actually saying that out loud, but I didn't realise <laughs> if I could say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't name, name the people. But no, I was just going to say, I remember, I think I was there and we did it um, and it came up pretty quick um, yeah. of how, that, how you could get the access to it. So that would help organisations identify additional challenges or policy weaknesses in terms of password management policies and that type of thing as well? I mean, a, a simple one is, like, you have organisations and they have a really good complex password policy, right? Then you might have a service desk that's resetting the password to password with a capital P and a, a few numbers and a thing, but it's a kind of an obvious long mm. password, you know what I mean? And I've had it when service desks are actually reset, when they reset passwords or setting up accounts, they're using the same password. So you can, you can, oh, so you can have... not using one times. No, so you can have oh. two... I've seen it where you've had 200 new accounts that have been created, they all have the same password and they all say user will change on next login and it just goes like a knife through butter. So they were like, hang on, we need to change our working practices. Yeah. So mm. it's not always <laughs> that you need to put a bigger password. It can be, you know, and, I, and I've seen, obviously one of the key things it picks up is things like nested groups. Now, what a nested group means is you've got a group called group A and you can see all the people in it. But then you'll see in the middle somewhere there's a, there's a group B. So there's a whole load of group, group users in group B that are now a member of group A. 
So, okay, somebody, so they can access things. Somebody else in IT goes, oh, I want to add somebody into group B for X, Y, Z, not realising it's in group A. Okay. And uh, I've seen it where we cracked a user's account and all of a sudden they could log on to systems that they should not be logging on to and, it co- and the access, I'm not going to say exactly what it was, okay. but the access was unbelievable and it was literally caused by a nested group that had every single user in the organisation in it. Is that quite a common um, issue in terms yeah. of how infrastructures are created? I think because... Obviously, Active Directories and you know they've grown yeah, organically. You know, people started yeah. with NT4 and then they put their Active Directory servers in about two thousand. And things of instead of going through and cleaning it all up, things are just going. Oh, we need a group here. We'll add this here, add that, yeah. that there, and then you end up with a bit of a mess. I mean, don't you think that's massively happened this year, though? Even more so how we've had to accelerate, like going digital transformation, which we talk about all the time. But now we're all working in different places and things like that. Do you think actually things that you probably picked up on Pantera will probably might even be 10 times worse because things had to be done. And, also, and obviously, things, if you're talking about kind of the changes that have been put in to cope with people, homeworking, COVID and that type of things, I mean, things, projects have been rushed through. Yeah. So it's very yeah. important to then now to take say, okay, we need to just make sure that we've not caused any big issues and then go back and retest. And obviously, the beauty of this product is, you know, you're getting all the advanced pen testing tools, which, you know, you can get, you can download some. Some of them are proprietary. Some of them are, you know, are available, are, are written by... Are, of the internet type thing, but basically Pentera's made them all safe and they're all in a contained platform. And okay. you, and customers have seen it, just, it's anybody can use it. You know what I mean? It's, Does it apply in cloud as well? So organisations that have migrated from an on-prem environment to a cloud environment, does it help in that circumstance as well in terms of... I mean, the Pentera itself runs on the infrastructure layer internally. Right, it, okay. will te- it will test Azure. And it obviously will test if you've got like a connection out to the cloud and there's an IP address and you can get to it from your your environment. Yes, it'll test it as part of your network. So and, and deployment is it? You've deployed it as a customer and you obviously support our customers in their deployments. How quickly can you get value from um, your Pentera deployment? Well, let's talk about a POC. You know, when we do yep. a POC with a customer, I send them a laptop. We have one hour in the morning, one hour in the afternoon, and we've shown the value. Yeah, it's wow. pretty fast, isn't it? It's very, very fast. Um, and I think that's that's been a key thing. I think everything that Core to Cloud has done, you know, you're talking even beyond Pentera, we always make sure that the product is doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's showing you how to fix things. And you basically, we work with the customers as well, but it's very much about making that lasting change and helping focus and I think it. one thing we did mention earlier is that actually it's kind of a plug and go thing, isn't it? It doesn't have too much effect. I'm, I mean, I, I, one thing I, I've learned, I've always thought that a huge organisation would have an absolutely massive IT team, loads of people on the ground, especially cybersecurity, my lack of understanding until actually working in the industry, and now getting to know us and our customers and where I first met you, it was like, oh, this is just you guys and you've got to look after all of this. Um, it's from my understanding, Pantera actually doesn't put too much pressure on your team or actually alleviate some of that pressure. Would you say that's fair? Exactly that. I mean, obviously, I think it's especially people are struggling to get cybersecurity specialists because they're so expensive and not yeah. available. So a lot of yeah. organisations have said, oh, I want to recruit this person. Then they might say, actually, I can't get this person. So what I'm going to do is put tools in place that people can use in my existing team to be able to do the same things effectively utilising the software. And yeah, something like Pentera is extremely easy. Literally, you're putting in what IP addresses you want to scan and press go. And from... Little on me, who's working in the marketing department, I know you test us with Pantera. Mm. I've never actually noticed it, or that it's affecting my day-to-day. So um, it doesn't have much impact on people working when it's running, does it? There's no... No, it doesn't. No. 
Again, it's deploying the payloads, but you know you don't notice it when you're carrying on with the PCs. Yeah. And it does a full cleanup at the end of the test as well. Right. But for the, the users themselves don't notice. The only stuff that will notice, which you want to notice, is the existing security you've got. Okay. So the whole point of Pentera, as well as doing what we've talked about so far with that pen test, it's also you know testing your endpoint security, testing your network detection and response software. And you know if that stuff isn't flagging up, then mm-hmm. you've got a problem. Either you've got a, a blind spot in your network, or something isn't working correctly, or isn't configured. So you know we do, and also that then leads on to the staff. You know, are the staff paying any attention to the alerts that are coming in? Because this is this yeah. this is a real test, and I know so many people because they get bombarded. Yep. They then just filter it, put it in, put it in a folder, never look at it. I mean, like your emails. Yeah. When you put everything in CC. The CC, yeah. yeah don't email him with CC. Yeah. Does it? It just goes, goes into, into folder. folder. It does. I've learned that the hard way. Oh, I yeah. used to do that all the time. I know. Same. If it's CC'd, it goes into a folder, so he doesn't see it. <laughs> Always in the main and in now the body of the email he's in. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, cut down the number of emails you have to have a look at. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did how he do that? yeah, that's how he filters the noise. <laughs> it's a bit like that. it's a bit like that with the products, though, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, we we make sure the products that we put in don't generate that noise. You know, so yes. For example, you know, like size, Pentera, as it's called, formally, formally known as Sizes. Pentera, you know, will test we, like we put in Vectra. And we know that Vectra doesn't generate noise. It just shows you the things that you need to see. And again, yeah. that's the whole point of this kind I of I think that's one thing that I really loved when, when we came to you and you did the Pantera attacks and we could see it on the Vectra dashboard. Yeah. I think that was the first time. I mean, f- for me, like I don't really understand the tech side, which people will learn more and more. But it was the first time in real time I could see something light up like a blinking Christmas tree. How would you know it's working otherwise? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. But very true. Yeah. So it's a good validation it's, good, it's just as a companion tool to validate yeah. technologies that businesses have selected or if they're going through a refresh. I was just thinking if businesses are growing as well or looking at making significant changes to their infrastructure, Pentera can help guide them through the challenges that that can bring in terms of you know gaps they may create. Um, by making those changes, Pentera can support almost like a companion tool. So, I mean, to give you an example of that, we've got a customer that's you know, a worldwide customer and they're based in the UK, but they've got um, customer sites all around the world. Oh, yeah. And what we've do- what they've done is they've got service providers in those countries, and they had no way of knowing if that service provider is doing what they say they're doing. So they've deployed remote attack nodes on all those locations, and they now can test that service provider, hold them to account, that's and great. get them to secure the network. So that's something they've been doing a lot with. And obviously, I'm, I'm, I know we'll speak to Shaq from Sysis as well, but one of the key things that they're bringing in now is the ability to test ransomware. Um, we are, yeah, we, you mentioned that. Can you go into a bit more detail? Yeah, we're we're actually beta testing this at the moment with two of our customers because um, obviously what that effectively does is it'll it'll run the kind of the RIAC and the kind of main ransomwares and it'll go through and you can choose an area, but it'll basically exfiltrate files and try encrypting them. So you it'll, and it'll actually it will follow the whole ransomware process and you get to see whether that's going to get protected or not. You know, again, Shaq can go into a lot of detail on it. It's very new. Um, again. W- we're going to work with a lot of our customers when that comes out, and that's a key thing. That that's why we've got involved in the POCs and sorry, yeah. in, the, in the kind of early stages of beta testing. Okay, so from a marketing person, why is that a really new, sexy feature? If you were telling me in layman's terms, why is that exciting for a customer? Because I think obviously we've heard about a lot of the attacks in Ireland. You know, there's, yep. there's been a lot of ransomware attacks. You know, that have been going on, and people are putting in all these this protection from it effectively you know yeah. it's trying to stop the intruder getting in you know mm-hmm. and this is kind of saying hang on if they do get in are the tools going to work that's that, that's okay. the approach because you know you have to almost work to the fact that the intruder is going to get in okay so we're, we're assuming that they're always going to get in now 
I think that's when you're te- the general direction that the business is moving. Prevention is yeah. just not a thing now, is it? Yeah, you still have that perimeter prevention, but you just say, right, okay, when they get in, let's limit what could happen. You know, uh-huh. protect our systems. You know, like even even simple things like even by testing this ransomware side, they'll test the software, but it'll make the clients think. For example, do they have an out of band backup? Do they have a way that they can get their files back so they're not encrypted? Yep. You know, how long is that going to take to restore? You yep. know, what protections can they put in place? So it's kind of that that whole story that we can talk around. And I think that as we've been working with the customers, talking about ransomware now, but you know, earlier we were talking about nested groups. We've worked with those customers to fix those issues. It's not a case that you know, you've got nested groups, you've got common passwords. There are tools that we can put in that will solve those problems so that they don't happen again. And again, that's a journey we've been on with lots of our customers. You know, I think that, it's, you know, you probably should speak to the customers yourselves and you will on some of these podcasts, but we really are kind of a member of their team effectively. Yeah. And we're kind of like guiding them to say, right, do this, and then do this. And right, now you really need to look at this. And that, that journey, you know, the customers have all been on to try and secure their environments. Could you talk to us a little bit about, obviously, when you came to Call to Cloud, what was the... It, what was the issue and the pain point and why were you looking for something different what, what that wasn't helping you at the time you're talking about Pantera at Bolton yeah okay I mean obviously the, the way it worked is we had Vectra at mm-hmm. Bolton and that network detection response tool mm-hmm. which you know my boss and CTO at the time we were like right we really need something that's going to give us that visibility because we just didn't know what we didn't know effectively so we put, mm-hmm. we put Vectra in and we're like fantastic now we feel that something unusual is going on we can see it and then it came up, we're like, right, okay, great. So how do we know it's working? And yeah. that, that conversation came out. And obviously we wanted a tool that was going to just effectively do exactly what an attacker was going to do on our network um, and fire that off. So that's that's what happened. We did that to see how it would look in Vectra. So that that, that, obviously that scan was run. We could see it attacking. within a, it, You could see it going up the quadrants in Vectra. And I was going to say, that's the cool bit that yeah, I like. Vectra starts off bottom left, and it goes up to top right if there's a real issue. So obviously that's that's kind of what happened. Within seconds, it was kind of going up in that top right quadrant and firing off. Yeah. Um, and obviously within Pentera, you've got various options of stealthiness as well, which we can Ooh, try. H- how hard it goes in. Yeah, so basically what that means is if you if you put it on aggressive mode, it'll I mean, simplistically, it'll just scan every single port, right? Okay. If you put it on quiet mode... It'll just pick a few key ports, do it quietly. So again, we could see and sort of help tune our other products effectively. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And then obviously on the back of that, we then looked at the results coming out of Sysis, and we at the time, now known as Pentera. Um, and we, we looked at that and went, hang on, there's some real fundamental issues here that we need to fix. Um, and things that we weren't necessarily aware of that come out, some things have come out of pen test before, but you ne- when you get pen test done manually, they don't always tell you how to fix it. Was Pentera? Oh, okay, so they don't. I didn't realize that. So when they come, they don't tell you how to fix. Once after, they don't do like a best practice. They sometimes afterwards. give you a link or something, okay. but it's vague. It was what Pentera did is it said, right, this is the, these are the changes to make, and we just like right, okay, and this we picked a few key things, started fixing them, and we could see that when we were rerunning Pentera, the difference it was making, right. you know, and the amount of time it was taking to sort of get that foothold and move forward. So we okay. kind of did that, and then obviously on the back of that, we then looked at another product to kind of do the remediation. It was flagging up around passwords. Yep. So we put a product in that got rid of all the common passwords. It stopped, got rid of all the nested groups. You know, so we were making those changes alongside Pentera. So Pentera kind of gave you a project plan of then what you needed to fix and what you needed yeah, to do I mean, next. Yeah, it basically tested everything we had, made, made my, well, my staff at the time make sure they were looking at the alerts and it then also helped with that remediation side of things. So we were kind of comfortable that, you know, it was achievable remediation. I think that's, that's the right way of putting it. And I kind of mentioned this a bit earlier uh, on that, you know, if you do a scanning tool, it'll just show you you've got a million patches missing. You know, and depending what day you run it, you'll fix it all. And the next day, there'll be another load of patches. Yeah. Whereas Bentera kind of 
works in a different way, don't, don't you think, Shaq? It, it kind of yeah. really focuses what it shows it's, you. It's really interesting because I don't think I've heard that story of, you know, that, that sort of origin story where you started with uh, pentaerosisis at the time. Um, so it'd be really interesting to look at that report or, you know, how things look, um, you know, further down the road. Um, but you're right, you know, when you do manual pen testing, um, the thing is just getting consistency. Um, yeah. And if you're doing it all the time, it depends on the skill set of the person that's running the test. Um, what they're looking for um, and when you're automating these kind of things it's really you know there's there's always the same sort of game plan really you know we're going to go in we're going to find what's live on the network on that given day um, and then go after I guess the most advantageous attack vector and say you know we can we can find these vulnerabilities to exploit um, there is a bit of manual input uh, in terms of like a semi-automated fashion where you can drive certain attack vectors and say, well, this looks interesting. What happens if I exploit this particular server uh, or endpoint? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the key thing is that consistency, right? And that remediation work is about sort of prioritizing what's really important, you know, what and what you can fix really easily mm-hmm. um, as opposed to having, I guess, a massive list of different things that you could go in different directions to fix. From, if you get from a massive list or tens that they won't do any of it. Well, yeah, and, and sometimes, you know... And That's true, they've only got there, is isn't true. it? If you have a massive list on your table of to-do yeah, lists, you're not going to do it. start with that. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I think the, the other aspect of that is that if you're doing it once a year, um, it's like, well... we'll the get round, going to be huge, we'll, we'll get it? We'll get round to that at some point, and then most of the time we find that mo- you know people just never get round to even you know doing any of it and it's like well you know it's it's kind of time for the the annual pen test again you know and and what do we do sometimes it depends right on on sort of how focused um people are and like you said it's that motivation of trying to tackle a big list of things to do on top of everything else Uh, yeah what what other tools are available because i mean pentera seems to stand alone in terms of the capability that they have. What are, what 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 would businesses do previously? Is it more vulnerability scanning that organisations tend to do if they're owning? Yeah, I'm sure Shaq's part of that yeah, process. Shaq's opinion, but yeah, I would say it's more vulnerability scanning or testing a gold image, rather than this more wide approach. Yeah, clients. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. Would you have to do more manual tests a year? Then is that what we're saying? Or it it really varies, uh, and I think you know it depends on what people know and the skill set that they have yeah. in-house as well as right. you know, bringing in skill sets from external parties. Um, and I would say it varies, right, from the very simple doing a vulnerability scan and, you know, let's patch things. I think there's always a mandate to say we need to be patched and, and updated. Um, but it's going beyond that, right? What's the consequences of not patching yeah. a particular system? And I think that becomes really important um, because it's now more contextual, it's based on your environment, what we see um, that we can exploit. So uh, the analogy I always give is like, um, you know, from a vulnerability perspective, you see an open window, right? Um, you want to close that window. But ultimately, from Pentera, when we see that window, we then show the consequences of what that open window means, how somebody can then oh, okay. break into the house um, and do whatever. And we actually sort of, you know, help people visualize that through through an attack vector to show here's a vulnerability and this is how we've moved through that chain to, to, to run the exploit. 
And I was going to say that's expanding out now, isn't it? Because you guys are moving into sort of doing some more ransomware tests as well. Yeah, we we touched on this earlier. So we know there's some new exciting stuff going on with the ransomware stuff piece. Would you happy to go into that in a bit more detail? Yeah, sure. So we call it uh, ransomware ready. Um, it's based on, and you know, as you know, a lot of things that we see in the news around ransomware attacks, and you know, it's, it's sort of top of mind and quite important that you're able to test how what your capability is against a, a given ransomware attack. And nobody really has that ability, um, you know, to do that. So with Pentera, we've introduced um, the concept of emulating a particular family of ransomware, usually the ones that we see in the news like our evil, uh, WannaCry previously from 2017, but some of the newer families and some of the newer variants that, are, that we're seeing uh, crop up now. And it's really being able to... Uh, effectively do the sa- use the same techniques um, that we see with ransomware uh, yeah. in terms of dropping, f- uh, sorry, encrypting files. Um, and usually ransomware always goes after the data. So we're talking about documents, um, yeah. you know, critical user data um, that once it's encrypted, you know, it's kind of gone. So we, we sort of replicate that same technique um, to encrypt files. And on the other side, from a defensive uh, sort of aspect, um, it's how does our EDR or endpoint solution react or behave? Um, so it's really about stress testing your, your sort of endpoint controls, whether it's on servers, whether it's on endpoints, to see you know, what detection capability they have um, and potentially uh, response capability as well. So how can they then stop us um, from being able to encrypt those files? It gets to give you a practice dry run about- yeah, effectively yeah so <laughs> i think that you probably find that if you ask most customers do you think your endpoint security will stop ransomware they'll all look at you blankly and go i'm not sure well you're not going to know until you've been attacked right yeah normally uh, yeah and it's interesting because uh listening to this uh ceo um on the in response to kaseya who's talking about you know with his conversations with fire he was talking about it's not you know a matter of if you'll get attacked but it's when mm. yeah. right so we know it's a matter of time, and it's like, what is the fallout of a given attack? And it's trying to really sort of replicate that to say, what would happen, right? You know, it's, and it's that visibility of, are, are, do we have the right controls in place to be able to block it? And how far would it go? What, are the, what ultimately are the consequences? And it's kind of then being able to sort of, I guess, devise a playbook, you know, a plan, an action plan, mm-hmm that allows you to to work on all of the, all of the sort of i guess in terms of that sort of security stack and your response detection capability your alert processes you know how do they behave because it's not just about um let's say your edr or endpoint solution but it's also about people it's about you know d- when we detect it what happens you know interesting use cases are like you might have defend or atp alerts that are forwarded to an sms service so if somebody is out of the office when you see a detection, you get a message on your phone and you think, well, okay, this might be the start of something interesting and perhaps I need to dig into it. So you're able to sort of test those kind of processes as well. And help reduce that attack suffers yeah. footprint effectively. So you know, there's a lot less to go at effectively by making those changes. Yeah, that's really important. You know, it, it's, um, you know, it goes back to that sort of fallout. You know, can we, if we can reduce that attack surface um, and minimise it, so at least, you know, it's isolated to one system, one box, and we've then detected it and mm. blocked it. Great, right? Because then the, the worst thing that can happen is these things move laterally across the network, um, especially when there is somebody orchestrating the attack on the other side. They're then 
looking for interesting things to go after. You know, can we, can we find the crown jewels? Yeah. Um, go after the servers, get it, get the big um, important files or data. Yeah, I guess that, you know, there's a tipping point when, you know, there are businesses, perhaps, you know, the consequences of an attack is that, you know, they go out of business, mm. Um, mm. people lose their jobs or whatever. And I guess, you know, there is a human element as well in, and, and that's that tipping point when we see people's lives being affected mm. in that way. And I think healthcare is probably, you know, a good example of that. When, yeah. when you have downtime with systems then people sort of uh, take it more seriously. And, you know, it, and I think we've sort of reached that tipping point where everybody knows or heard about, you know, ransomware attacks mm. or, you know, I guess cyber attacks and, you know, ultimately the, the consequences of those kind of things. Uh, yeah, it's, definitely. It's definitely prevalent in healthcare, mm. isn't it, in terms mm. of it's an industry that's mm. un, or has previously been understood mm. to have legacy, older networks, older systems... Um, certainly there's been a, a big investment, hasn't there, in, in, in NHS particularly in the last sort of five years, six years, where yes. there's more percentage of budget being spent on cyber specifically. Um, so that's, you know, we obviously do a lot of work in healthcare. Yeah, we um, do. I mean, as, as you say, the, the value of healthcare data is huge. Yeah. And also, and we've often seen sort of like malware being written specifically against specific medical devices to try and get that data off. You know, so again, it's having that kind of those tools in place to make sure that you get you're staying one step ahead, effectively, yeah. isn't it? And I think it's, you know, it's it's all part of a kind of an ecosystem. You know, you, it's not just one thing that you have to do. It's all part and parcel. It all works together to kind of give you that security and understanding and visibility of your weak points before they're exploited, effectively. You know, and as we know, I think you know it's something I've sort of talked about at other times that an attacker often just sits in your network for a long time before they necessarily you know pull that trigger. Yeah. You know, so I mean, we've got the tools that give you the visibility. Then Terra gives you the kind of you know work on that, reduce what they can do when they do pull that trigger. You know what I mean? So again, it's all part of the kind of the key things to work on. So quite often, so you can have a um, um, an executable or something that's been put on the network, somehow got on there, it's been dormant for eighteen months, and Pentera can find that and and exploit it to see what the consequences Pentera of that won't would be. Finding it's more the visibility side. Pentair will more show you what what will happen when it when it, when ex- it does when it execute. Does it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So if you think of it, we are now behaving like the attacker. So that executable would come from us, um, and we can. Uh, I think you talked about um, the stealthiness level. So how noisy are we when we go into a network? We can be very noisy uh, on one side of the scale, on, on you know towards the left side of the scale, um, and then there are controls that might pick those things up um, there's like network monitoring tools and things oh, okay there's some unusual activity what's going on and it's designed to stress test those kind of controls and see if they pick us up mm. so it's more you know you're, you're kind of marking your own homework and you've got you know on the other side of the scale we can be very stealthy um, and perhaps over a longer period of time drop an executable and then do something with it and then um, so on and, and so forth so it's then you know, where is that sort of point in that scale of how much noise we make that your controls pick us up effectively? I don't think I've ever been to a hospital and never thought that I wouldn't be able to be treated because they might have been cyber attacked. I don't think that's ever come through in my head. Like, I, you know, you have the thoughts of, like, they might not be... Ironically, though, like, I, we don't really talk about WannaCry anymore, but ironically, no. at that time, you know, a lot of hospitals, even those that was in the news, a lot of hospitals were not affected, right? Yeah, yeah. But even the ones that weren't affected still pull things off the network to make sure they weren't affected. Right. You know, like, if they had two analyzers, they might pull one of them off. 
until they worked out what was going on. So, the, yeah. so p- even Just when they weren't affected, patient care could be affected because of that. You know, tr- yeah. try to put that resilience in in case there's a problem. So you know, it's, it's constant. Well, they had thing. that in Ireland, didn't they? They shut down the entire yeah. health system, so that had an impact on surgeries and. I just don't think me as a day-to-day person would have ever thought <laughs> I need to go to hospital today. Like, and that may not be, you may not be able to get the full treatment or access to everything or things might be delayed because of cyber. I don't think we, I don't know, forefront of everyone's mind really. If you think about it in the past, the way hospital, I mean, I'm not an expert, but the way that hospitals used to work, everything was on paper, you discharge on paper, mm-hmm. you know. These days, every, they're opening electronic patient records in. Yeah. So the whole process of moving patients prescribing medicines is all electronic yeah even getting blood and that sort of thing is all ele- electronically connected to the patient well, and the, the bridges systems, the, the, the bridges doors, are yeah, yeah, yeah the bridges yeah, wouldn't even open if so that could have an impact if that was a, that system was compromised it's more and more key and obviously you know if those systems go offline there's if you think about the amount of data that's going through there's only a certain amount of time that you can go with it off before you really can't get all that data back in Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, like if, if they're running on paper, you say, say running, I'm not going to the exact times, but if you're running paper for half an hour, you might then say, right, somebody please input that data and get us back up. If they're running for hours and hours, they'll just go, right. Just write it off. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously things are out of sync because obviously if you're prescribing medicines, that's then going to be auto-ordering that medicine again. And if you've started to prescribe on paper, you've, your stock levels are wrong, so you've got to adjust your stock levels. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's all very efficient, but you've got to make sure you're keeping these systems safe. So... Um, and I guess, you know, Phil's sort of seen this as well around things like password hygiene yeah. um, that comes up a lot. And it's, it's crazy the amount of times we see... Password one, two, three? Admins. Exclamation mark's good though, isn't it? I would say privileged accounts. Right? They're often the worst, the privileged ones. <laughs> the privileged accounts So, like, you know, I don't want to be a part of this policy. Uh, or, or I guess even if we go back to, like, legacy systems, right, that they're very sensitive to... Um, I guess sort of management and update and things like that and trying to get access to them so it's always you know we want easy access and then that becomes uh, an attack vector or let's say um, a vulnerability in that an attacker is going to go after those systems and find those weak passwords um, and then they've got now you know some sort of admin level access or system level access that um, you know the consequences of that is then that you've got a breach to network so any kind of compromised system where somebody's able to then grab those credentials um they can move across the network and, and do whatever they want so i would i would say you know we see that a lot we see so uh, and there's got to be i guess at some point um some change in the way people um you know look at passwords and you know there is i guess long-term sort of conversations around you know how how identity and profiles and passwords are, are managed We've done a lot, a lot of work with that. Um, a lot of trust, a lot of police work with have now gone for like ephemeral accounts, so they don't have the admins, and they only give them when they're needed. You know, things like you know, tap tap logins, getting rid of passwords, single sign on, so they don't have passwords. You know, and I, I think I think we were talking earlier about when places get hacked. I mean, one thing that I've commented on before is that, for example, if website X gets hacked and they've perhaps they've used my, for example, if I've used my quarter cloud email address with that account and, and a password. If I'm using that password somewhere else, they may have hacked that site, but they might go and try that username and password on 10 other sites. And if yeah. you're using yeah. a common password, all of a sudden you're one turns into 10. Yeah, you know? yeah it's a very common technique, you know, at once, like you said, and, and then it's, it's endless really as to what people can do if they've got, then got access. They've been able to perhaps compromise your work system 
and then they've been able to move onto your Facebook account, onto your Gmail account. And if you think of all of the different things that you use uh, and what data and what information you've got in there, that's all gold. Okay, so from like a, for me, I'm like, I've got a Facebook account, there's nothing really that exciting on it. Why is that really bad that someone could get on my Facebook account? It's all your personal data, your pictures, isn't it? I mean, you don't want right. your, you don't necessarily want your pictures of your kids getting out, or you know, you don't necessarily no. want people taking pictures off your off your Facebook. Yeah. And you could use it for per, um, impersonation as well. Yeah, right. Yep. I mean, yeah, you could have like date of birth. You know, like you, you might have your date of birth on there. That's all part right. of your data that you then you know your bank asks for specific questions. It could be where were you oh, born? Where were you born? Yeah. What was your date of birth? Yeah, Hang on, so they're making I could probably figure that out. What's the name of your dog? Probably on there. They're making a profile of me. Yeah, it's it's that whole reconnaissance piece, right? And you know that's where attackers start to build up that sort of, I guess, um, information about you, um, and especially high value targets. Then it right. becomes like, okay, you know, where do they live? Um, you know, where can we? Or potentially, then they're looking at your work, your home. You do things really um, in- innocently, don't you? Because um, I I can think about a time when my um sh- my cousin she moved into a new house, so she took a picture outside the house which actually had the number and then the street of the cul-de-sac yep. and then that week she took pictures of like all the new stuff that was arriving like the tv and i'm really excited and da, 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 da. Um, and then three weeks later she posted that she was on holiday oh. and i remember texting her saying i, I probably wouldn't tag that you're yeah. on holiday and she's like what are you on about and i was like well three weeks prior you you put where you were your cul-de-sac the number you also said all the pictures of your new sofa your tv and now you've yeah. told no one's that, that you're not there and she was like oh god i hadn't thought about that and her profile at the time i think was public this is like a few years back but i don't think you think of really innocent highlights of your life that yeah. you want to share with people can be basically a big old hello it can be, it can be as simple as you're out of office Think about it. you go and hold you putting out of office. I hadn't even thought it that. It sends externally going out. I am away from the office now for two weeks. People are going, oh, this person's on holiday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, these these are simple things. I mean, again, you also you got, you got the computer side of things and the controls, which we're talking about. There's always the user side. You need to you know train the users, mm. and I think something like Pentera that actually kind of goes, look, this is what I've managed to do, has that impact for people to actually think. So, you know, if you say you're vulnerable to this, you go, nah, I don't care. Yeah. If you say, and we've managed to do this, this and this, on yes. the back of it, the people go, oh, okay, wait that's, a minute. That's what makes it real, though. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's when yeah. I saw Sizes work for the first time. I was like, oh. Pentera. Pentera. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Formerly Sizes. We're still getting used to but it. But I said it right, yeah, though, didn't fine. I? So it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call it Pisces or anything. Um, but, yeah, I think, that, I think that's it, isn't it? When you actually see the effect yeah. and what it could do, it makes it more real for everybody. Yeah, I think it goes back to something that Phil mentioned earlier. It's that visibility. Sometimes mm. people just don't know what's out there. And just in terms of your estate, what does your estate look like? What systems are, I guess, around or available at a given time? So yeah. if we were to test early in the morning, you know, we may see different users, different systems. So that visibility becomes important just to try and understand what does the landscape look like. Um, and then even from an OS perspective, do we have any legacy systems? The really basics, really. And sometimes mm. people don't have even that kind of visibility, so that becomes important. Can you see, is there like silly things like human behaviour of how do we make errors maybe later on in the week or by the afternoon or stuff? Can it can can you start seeing things like that, a human error? Does that... Can you start seeing patterns of obviously if somebody's let, made something more open than it was before, it would come up. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if, it depends on the change. I think w- one thing I was just thinking when Chuck was talking as well. Yeah. Kind of a couple of advantages of Pentera that two things to mention really. One is that 
it's really easy to upgrade now. So you're getting the latest tools by just pressing one upgrade button. Okay. Uh, the second one is that when we're talking about visibility, it's a re- there's a really easy way now of, because we talked about previously about a cu- large customer we had around the world and they've got the permanent remote attack nodes. You can now do dynamic attack nodes within Pentera. And what that means is literally you click, you click a button, you say a Windows machine in a different part of your network, and it can use that machine to sniff all the traffic. So previously, for example, you might have to move your Pentera device or change where it's connected. Oh, now, yes. So, for yeah, example, I'm, I'm up in Preston. Let's use that as an example. But, mm. you know, um, I could then select my machine in, in our office up there and then use that machine to sniff all the traffic up in that That's area. That's a really and helpful it, change. So yeah. it's very easy it's, to then get that visibility. Yeah. So that, that, you know, is the whole piece around scaling across your whole net estate. Yeah. Right. And like you said be in Preston and then you've got to take your laptop and you're coming you know down to Oxford or wherever it it's time right and it's uh, resources as well yeah. and I think that's the yeah. important thing um, especially when you're stretched as an IT team and you have or a security team or you're you know a one-man band how do you manage all of the other sort of pressures that are, you know, on the business and um, the workload and all of those things it really just helps in terms of having a, a platform where you can hit go or hit run and it will go off and start doing the the, the, uh, the reconnaissance piece, all of the attack vectors and the things that we talked about and find those things. And you go back and you just look at the output. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, at the end of that process, you, you pick up the output and say, well, here's one, two, three in terms of like the critical things that I need to go and fix. Um, this is how to fix them. You go and fix them. And then let's say a week later, the same scan runs because it's been set on a schedule now. Yep. Uh, and then you get the same output again and you compare it against last week. So you now you've got this sort of trend analysis over time of being able to look at your estate and get to a point where you're getting that re- that resilience, that improvement uh, and if in your security And posture. if something new drops in that's going to knock the score down again, at least you'll know about it. Yeah. Not wait a whole 12 months. Yeah. But, you know, I guess this is, you know, it's all about, it's the automation isn't it? It's, mm. it's key, and, and that's how the automation really helps us with with Pentera to just be able to consistently and continuously test. Yeah. What other trends have you seen? You mentioned passwords. Yeah, but so p- passwords is a big one. I think um, these days people are pretty good at patching systems. I find um, occasionally you'll have the odd system on a network that for whatever reason hasn't been touched because it's owned by a third party vendor and it's kind of there's a, there's a grey line as to who patches it or who updates it or you know you can't update it because it's being managed by a, an external entity mm-hmm. so then getting that visibility that this system needs to be updated it's patched we've seen systems that are still vulnerable to to want to cry you know we're, we're 2021 and that we was have. 2017 wow. yeah. yeah um it's one that gets missed Quite, it does happen. And it's usually the odd system, right? And, yeah. and like we said, it's that kind of scenario where you know there's a grey line, there's, there's a grey area, sorry, as to whose responsibility it is. And yeah, even if, even if you've got really hard and well-controlled systems, it just takes one weak link and that's your routine. Yeah. yeah. And that's it, yeah, it goes back to you know this, that scaling across your estate. You know, nobody has the time to, to, you know, and especially when you talk about, um, I guess, an, it, it could be an internal tester, it could be an external um, you need a full-time resource to, to go around and continuously test all of these different systems. And that's the really mm. great thing about mm. it, isn't it? Is that you don't need yeah. a exactly. huge, huge resource, yeah. um, which we touched on earlier, that people don't have huge teams. I think that was one of the most shocking things when I first 
went to Bolton, yeah. I just assumed because a hospital's quite huge that a team would match that. And yeah. to go in and see, like, oh, you're not like I don't know, I did what I imagined. I just imagined Willy Wonka factory, but of cyber security people. But it wasn't <laughs> it was like just a small team and you just think, Oh gosh, you've got to look after all these all these elements and all these cogs. Yeah. It's quite mm. unreal. And to learn now, the longer I've been in this industry, that that's not just healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> like when we teach case studies mm. and they're like, Oh no, it's just me and this guy and we do the whole yeah, like, the world. That what? surprised me actually when I started speaking to different you know, people outside the NHS. Yeah. Sometimes they've even got a smaller team and yeah, I'm I know. Like, oh, really you know, it's surprising. I know. Yeah. Really surprising how small teams are. Yeah. And and there's so much to do. Right, and yeah, it's so, not just cyber, is it? It's yeah. all the business applications and workflows, and um, you know, you need your software business to work, as usual. You need your well. software to work for you, don't you? Ultimately, yeah, that's, that's key to Pantera, isn't it? With the automation, you know, I, I was just thinking about the use cases. There's there's so many different sort of, I guess, customer profiles in who uses Pantera. Mm. Right, we talked about healthcare, but you know, then we talk about. Um, I guess larger enterprises that have dedicated teams that are doing these kind of things, you know, day in day out, and even they love the, the pain that we take away yeah. from automating a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've had a couple of customers where we've talked about that aspect of um, doing the testing manually, but then spending the evenings writing out the reports right, on the findings. Right. Um, whereas, you know, as soon as the test runs, you get that output, you get the the findings straight away. It's not a case of then somebody having to understand all of the data and, and interpret the data. Taking away all really the good. homework.